I'm Paul Thorpe. I'm Charlie Keegan. I'm Adam Pendlebury. I'm Barry Worthington. This is the Progress with Unity podcast. Can you do it on a cold night in Stoke? Obviously we can, because it was Stoke City nil, Wigan Athletic 1. Are you predicting it? Well, you, you have to get one right, Adam. I stopped clocks <laughs> right twice a day. The big frustration about that is, where was that performance on Saturday at Blackpool? Anyway, let's have a look at the stats first. Stoke 64% possession to the last 36. Attempts, Stoke had 9 to 07. On target, Stoke had 3, Wigan Athletic 2. Corners, 7-4 in Stokes' favour. Dirty Stoke, 17 fouls to over 13. Two yellow cards apiece. Max Power and Ryan Niambi book for the Lassics. Healthy attendance of 17,726. We started with Josh McGuinness up front, alongside Will Keane, with two wide players in McLean and Lang. Do you think that made a difference? Was that the formation, though? I don't know if it was Lang and Keane behind McGuinness. Lang was wide right. He floated a bit, though, didn't he? He floated well, around. Not, not a great deal. For me, he was wide right. And McLean was up the touchline on the left. Yeah. I think you could say a bit of fluidity, couldn't you? And um, clearly we're not Manchester City, are we? But, you know, a lot of their players at times, can come out of position when they're attacking. They fall into position when they're defending. I think as an attacking force, having McGuinness up there, he kind of took all the big knocks, didn't he? And he, I thought he held the ball up well at times, even got to the byline, crossed it, uh, really worked his socks off. And I think that, I know Paul will say this anyway, let's just say he's not our most clinical goal scorer, but I thought last night he brought our better players into the game, particularly Lang and Key. That's why I named him the man of the match. He had a great game, I thought. Put himself about. He got fouled early though, since he got a bit of treatment and you wondered if, he'd, if he was going to go off, but he didn't, he stayed on. And he battled through. And I'll tell you what else I noticed with him last night. Unless Stoker really, really slow at the back, he looked like he'd gained a little bit of pace somehow because he was running around like a spring chicken. I think he did what you kind of want your centre-forward to do, which is, you know, really press that defence. And we knew Stoke were a little bit weaker anyway because they've lost uh, Ben Wilmot out to an injury. I think the guy that came in, Connor Taylor, maybe the, the centre-back who came in, thought he had a good first half, but McGuinness was there working him. And I don't really like when, you know, attackers drop too far deep. We see when Keane was trying to play a, a sole striker role, he was dropping far too deep and then you're not really putting any pressure on the back line. Well, McGuinness, he, he would run around and, and try and get everybody involved, which is what I wanted to see. And I thought I thought he was good. I probably would go and start him again against Millwall on Saturday. I think he's earned his spot for that. That cross of James McLean's, I've got to, got to mention it, and McGuinness went in at the near post, just slightly off it. What a cross that was. You've got to put the ball in, in the box, you've got to gamble, and you've got to get your players gambling in the box as well. We nearly scored a goal off that. Yeah, we don't seem to get the bounce, though, do we? We never seem to get that bounce of the ball. You know, the second ball, it happens so often is it the fact that we don't have enough instinct up there to be in the right position because that guy at City always seems it seems like a magnet whenever there's a rebound uh, Harland puts it in there's a slight difference between Harland and McGuinness but I don't know it just doesn't seem you know we put a good ball in and you know maybe we don't get the first touch on it but it never seems to fall to one of our players in a good position but at, at least as you just said there Barry we put a few crosses in. McGuinness put a couple of good ones in as well, didn't he? Power put a couple of good ones in. So at least we'd advanced to that stage where 
we were putting a clinical ball in. The thing that we lacked still was that the clinical finish, wasn't it? Silly in the first half. I thought Stoke created a few chances too in the first half. There was uh, one right at the start, another at the far post. They put it wide. But for me, once Jacob Brown went off, they seemed to to lose a little bit. But Therese Campbell coming on replacing him is, is another good player. But I thought they played a strange formation with, with the strikers playing out wide. Nick Powell just floating about. What did you make of Nick Powell's performance last night? I think we need to give him a bit of thanks for not taking that chance early on. I think when it fell to him right, right at the start of the game... The ball fell to me. If it hits it, it probably goes in, you know, with Nick Powell's ability, but he didn't even seem to want to take the shot. To, to me, he just walked around the field and it reminded me of when he used to play for us and I used to get frustrated with some of his performances. I thought if I was a Stoke fan tonight, I would be frustrated watching that performance from Nick Powell because it wasn't what, you know, he can do. I know he's been out injured for a little bit this season, but he, he didn't look half-assed yesterday. But like you said, the, the whole Stoke formation, it was so compact in the middle that Everybody was way too out wide and there was no real driving attacking threat. I thought they, they did a really good high press to try and keep us pinned back. And maybe that was the wall that they were trying to create in the midfield. Jack Watmore was trying to break through it early on and you know didn't have the ma- massive success rate, but was doing well to try and push him back. I thought the first half we were terrible in, in our attack. But then the second half, once we figured out what we needed to do, I thought we were much better and, and Stoke made it quite easy for us in the second half. Yeah, the second half was a different game altogether, weren't it? I mean, we came out of the blocks right at the start. We was getting a lot of advantage and then that goal came on 54 minutes, like nine minutes into the half. Uh, the ball had gone into the box. It come out again. It got laid back to Max Power. And he hit the first time, didn't he? First time swinging cross. How many times last season did we see him do exactly the same ball? That little swerve on it, bending it in. Keane reacted superbly. And, and what a clinical finish. It was a superb goal, I thought. Yeah, scenes of last season. He likes that one as well, doesn't he? When it's, it's almost like it's a little bit behind him, but I think it gives him a bit more space and he adjusts his feet very quickly. Obviously, the finish was really, really good. But again, you know, he, he he's in that at that point, he's not the person who's a, the furthest up player at the focal point. He's a, hanging back a bit. Which if he when he plays number nine, he doesn't have the opportunity to do that. So I think if we've got a proper number nine, that's when you get the best out of Will Keane. And obviously, like you said, if we can get the ball into the box early, it means that he has a little bit more space. So um, I think on both fronts that that was the reason why he scored that goal. It was promising that, you say, that, that movement as well. He wasn't on his own in the box either. He wasn't isolated with two or three players in there with him, haven't we? And uh, it was just a good goal. When that went in, I didn't feel under any sort of threat that Stoke would come back into it because they weren't playing very well. And in fact, how we didn't make it 3-0 on the night, I'll never know because both both Tendai Zeriqua and late, late, very late in the game, Ashley Fletcher had two fantastic chances to to seal it. And unfortunately, the downfall of our season, we can't score more than one goal in a game. And it's happened again last night. Prince maker in it between a good team and a and a bad team, really, is when the ball falls to you like that, that's when you you take your chances. And we've had them all season. And if we would have at least finished half of them, I don't think we'll be in the position that we're in. But there is a sometimes we don't expect the balls to come to us. You see with Will Keane that he doesn't have to expect the ball to come to him to be able to to create something out of it. But the Ashley Fletcher one for me at the end, how many touches do you want to take to figure out where you're going to put the ball? Just smack it. You're already around the keeper. Defenders are trying to run to the line, just hit it and try and beat them to it. If if that would have gone in, then then great. But you know, like you say, I didn't really think that Stoke were going to press us all too much at the end of the game. I wasn't too worried about that. 
You know, something I wanted to mention about Nick Powell as well, about 92 minutes, um, you could see he wanted us to win. He missed that chance early doors. If there was another chance, he slid in and pulled his foot out the way. So that was two efforts. And then in the 92nd minute, with the score at 1-0 to Wigan Athletic, Stoke had a break, delayed the ball through the middle, and rather than chase the ball and get onto it, he decided he was going to foul Jack Watmore and grabbed him round the neck and started to do a little dance with him. And not only did he give a free kick away, but he argued with the referee about it with a little <laughs> glint in his eye and a smile on his face. And he got booked, which took up about 90 seconds altogether. He knew exactly what he was doing. So I'd just like to take this opportunity to say, thank you, Nick Powell. We know that you knew what you were doing. Yeah, guaranteed, guaranteed the win, though. Yeah, Barry, what that reminded me of, but it was better shithousery, was the um, the time with the Rotherham goalkeeper. When he got into that that altercation, didn't he? And, uh, <clears throat> did we get a penalty got, or a free kick? It was a free kick from outside the Whatever box. Whatever it was, we scored from it. One three two, didn't we? Yeah. There was one where he got a piggyback off the, the keeper and the keeper got red carded, wasn't there? That were it. Yeah. That's, the, that's the game where he got the piggyback. I don't know if... I can't if remember if it was a... I think it was a free kick, actually, yeah. It was outside the box. Got to mention Jamie Jones. I thought he was absolutely commanding last night. Uh, we've seen him previously, haven't we? He, he dithered us, you know, he's dithered previously with long range shots. I thought he was very confident last night. His handling was superb. He came and claimed all the crosses and took the ball really well and just took, commanded his box. I thought he was top class performance. Reminded me of a, a young Peter Michael. Yeah. What did you think about his distribution last night, though? I'm mean, I laughing there, but Amos was, uh, Blackpool, he were finding touch quite a lot, going for, for like a diagonal kick, where Jones was just leathering it upfield and, and finding McGuinness's head. It was a lot better, the distribution coming from him. Yeah, I think he, he created a lot of sort of attacks and a lot of chances because he was dinking them over the back line. I can't remember it, if it was first or second half, but he hit one. I thought, how have you hit that that far? And it went over the entire defence and Josh McGinnis brought it down and and then we were on the break then. And I'm That's just looking at on the, on the stats. He completed 12 of his 36 <clears throat> long balls and we don't really see that, especially from the, the performances this season. But I thought he did well. There was three shots from Stoke on target all game and he saved all three of them. Again, I never really felt that threatened that when Stoke were trying to attack that he was he was in a mess with anything. I thought he, he did really well, especially for not playing in a long time. Before we do move on from, from the Stoke game, we've got to mention Will Keane, though, with his 11th goal of the season. Will Keane, what does he bring to the team? So, what does Will Keane do for Wigan Athletic? Well, it was his 11th goal of the season. He scored seven on the road, which is really impressive. He scored 47 goals in the league since joining us, 49 altogether, including the cup games. Seven of those 11 goals came in games where we actually won points. He started 35 games this season and had 47 attempts. And he's the first player to score more than 10 goals at this level since Nathan Ellington and Jason Roberts did it way back. In 2004-05. Yeah, but what does Will Keane bring to the team? Yeah, I was going to say about Will Keane as well. It's now his third highest ever goals tally in his career. But one of them comes back way back when, when he was playing for Manchester United in the Reserve League in 2011-12. So I'm not really counting that. But he got 15 there. Now he's got 11 in the Championship for this season. And obviously his highest is the League One Golden Boot last year. So it has been frustrating for him this season. 
hasn't scored. Well, this is his first goal since January 14th this year, that 95th minute equaliser against Cardiff. He is just an integral part of our team. And, you know, we've, we've now, we know we've got him for longer. The, the contract announcement, I don't think has yet come, but it's been leaked. If we are going down to League One, the first game that he does play will be his 100th in League One. So nice little roundup for him. And 11 goals in a crap team is good going. It is. And you've got to use him right. And, and I think last night, the goal last night shows how to use him. It epitomises how he was used last season, the types of balls he feeds off. And Maloney's got to work with him and, and find a way to, to utilise that talent that he's got. And it's a pity he's not been playing a little bit more than what he has. Question for later in the season, I guess. Uh, when we talk about the end of the season review, will Will Keane still be at Wigan Athletic? Or might, might some teams... Look at buying him. Might Sean Maloney fancy moving him on and bringing somebody else in in his place? Yeah. These and many more questions will be uh, put forward and, and we'll have a little discussion around it. The season review, something yeah. to look forward mm. to. Oh, no. The substitutes last night, Fletcher for McGuinness on 81 minutes and Niela for Keena on 78. I was a bit surprised to see Jack Watmore start after he went off on Saturday and in the first half, but obviously it was must have just been a bit of a jar at that type of knock. And Charlie Hughes, I know he'd been having treatment last week, uh, so he's probably aggravated an injury. Bit of youth on the bench as well. The bench we had Sam Tickle, which I remember when we were at the DW and we spoke to Maloney, he was saying that he was probably going to be involved in some capacity anyway towards the end of the season, just got his contract announcement extension as well. And then obviously we had Abdi Sharif, who has been playing for our under-21s all season, former FA Cup youth winner with Liverpool. And obviously I think Maloney is definitely going to want him in, in and around the first team for next season. Didn't get on the pitch, unfortunately, against against Stoke, but I'm sure that he'll be involved, hopefully, by the end of the season in, in, in some game, in some capacity. Hopefully not, because the reason they didn't get on the pitch against Stoke is because we were winning. We were still on the tightrope if we're losing 2-0, like Scott Smith got on the other day. That's when they'll get used. Talking of Scott Smith, signed a new deal, keep him at the club for another another two years. Nice one, Scotty. Well done. Man of the match is voted for by our listeners on both Facebook and Twitter. Athletic striker, Josh McGuinness. McGuinness the menace is what they called him on Sky Sports as well. <laughs> right, on Saturday, the bandwagon keeps on rolling. And we've got Millwall in town, who are going through a little bit of a sticky patch at the moment. Omer from the That Millwall podcast has sent us a little preview in to get a little bit of information on the Lions. So let's have a listen to what Omer said. Dust Omer here ahead of Mill's trip to the DW Stadium on Saturday as the Lions look to get back to winning ways after a poor defeat Tuesday evening against Birmingham City. Had all the chances second half, should have and probably won it quite clearly. Ultimately, a lack of cutting edge up front cost us in the end. So, yeah, I mean, recent form's not been great of late. We've only scored one goal. Well, we've scored two goals, but we've only scored in one game out of our last six. We've had tough fixtures in there. West Brom, we drew 0-0. Luton, we drew 0-0. Slip-ups against Huddersfield. Slip-ups against Birmingham. Our results that ultimately feel like are going to cost us in our push at the moment for playoffs. It's quite important we get back to winning ways. Three games left. Wigan Saturday. Blackpool the Friday after. And then Blackburn at home. Last game of the season. I do think we still might make playoffs, but if we don't get results Saturday, I'm almost going to say our season's over. The job carry out has done for us this season has been remarkable. We've got two or three stand-up players in our squad. The rest are average championship players. And, you know, we've obviously punched by the weight a lot, especially at home, until recently anyway. It's just now we need to turn that around and pick up three important wins to end our season. I do think two wins will do it. Hopefully a win Saturday. 
and a win against Blackburn at home. Obviously, being a team that's in and around it with us, and you know, get taking points off them. But who knows? We'll have to see what happens. My player of the season so far has been George Savile. He's just an unbelievable midfielder at this level. No nonsense. Wins 50-50s in the middle. Owns the midfield, so to speak. He allows Billy Mitchell to play, who then gets on the ball and tries to ping it at 40-50 yards to keep the play going. But Savile's the key player for us in that midfield, and he's been remarkable for us this season. Shout-out to Charlie Creswell, too, who's currently injured. Um, he's been brilliant on loan from Leeds, but he's currently injured and out. So that probably just stops him from winning my player of the season vote so far. My score prediction for the game on Saturday it's going to be Millwall 3, Wigan 1. I think we're going to put these chances away eventually. Hull away, we had, a, I think, a 3xG. Tuesday night, we had a 2.6 xG. One team's going to take a hiding eventually. I don't think it's going to be Wigan, but I do think you're going to have to come out to us. You're going to have to try and obviously win the games to try and keep your hopes of staying up alive. And I think that'll play into our hands. Time will tell. See you Saturday. I'll be honest, I've not really been paying that much attention to Millwall in the Championship this season. But after listening to that... I just had a little bit of a deep dive and they are actually struggling a little bit. A bit of a dip in form recently, but they are up to fifth, which by looking at the stats, yes, the, the home form has been good, but the away, the away form has not been good at all. The little run that they're on at the minute could cost them the playoffs. They do definitely need a result against us probably to, to go into the last two games a bit more comfortable because that race for the top six is, a, is heating up quite a lot. Millwall currently sit fifth in the Skybet Championship with 65 points. We have picked up 37 in comparison. They're managed by Gary Rowett since October 23rd, 2019. I think he's one of the longest serving championship managers, if not the longest serving currently as well. And so far this season, they've played 43 in the league, winning 18, drawing 11 and losing 14. They've scored 50, conceded 42 and have created a goal difference of plus eight and keeping 15 clean sheets there. At the Den this season, they've picked up 39 of their 65 points, but they're coming to the DW this time, and they've only picked up 26 points of their 65 on the road. They've got an away form at the moment, which is their biggest issue, and they've scored just 19 this season on the road, which even Wigan Athletic have scored more because we've scored at 20. The home record is about top six form and the bottom half away form as well, so they haven't been brilliant, but they have got a couple of good players in the, in the side. By looking at the... Goal stats and the assist stats. I will say that Tom Bradshaw is probably the number one pick for the Who to Watch players. He's 30 years old, a Welsh centre forward, featured 38 times for them this season, scoring 14 and assisting three. He signed from Barnsley back in 2019 and he's a bit of a championship veteran at this point with 227 matches played. He's only three goals off his best goal scoring season ever, where he hit 17 goals in the 2014 15 season in League One and also the 2015 16 season with Walsall both times. And he scored two hat-tricks this season, one against Watford in October and one against Sheffield United in February. They also have Zion Fleming, who is 24 years old, a Dutch attacking midfielder, scored 14 and assisted three in 40 championship games. He signed from Fortuna Sittard in July 2022 and is a former Ajax player. And I think if Millwall don't really go up, he's probably going to be on the on the radar for a couple of Premier League sides as well. And then, of course, on the podcast, they said that George Saville is probably going to be the player of the season. 29 years old, Northern Irish centre midfielder, 39 games a season. He's only scored one and got hasn't got an assist yet. But he signed from Middlesbrough in 2021, which is his third season at or his third stint, sorry, at Millwall. He was a Chelsea youth player, spent half the season on loan in 2013. And he's only been in one team of the week this season, but he's got a sofa score rating of 7.09, which puts him in the top 25 championship players of the season. And he's higher rated than any single Wigan Athletic player. So He's definitely going to be one to watch. 
I remember Tom Tom Bradshaw was rivaling Greg at one point, wasn't he, for the top scorer? And then Greg pulled away, didn't he, in the last sort of 10, 15 games in that 15, 16 season. But uh, he's had a good career. The referee will be Bobby Madley from West Yorkshire, who is in his second spell of refereeing in the AFL. Previously refereed the Latics nine times. The first time was January 2013 at the DW against Bournemouth, which was the start of our FA Cup winning run. The last time was the nil-nil draw against Preston on the first day of the season. And in that game, he booked Power, Dariqua, three North End players, and he also red-carded the Preston sub, Chet Evans, just eight minutes after coming on, and he committed a late challenge on Curtis Tilt. Hard watch so far this season. Bobby Madley has taken charge of 20 games. One of those has been in the Premier League, 11 in the Championship, he has issued 88 yellows, six reds, and he's given five penalties. And that's Bobby Madley, who will referee on Saturday at the DW. We've met Millwall 34 times down the years, winning nine, drawing 12, and losing 13. We've won our last two league meetings at the DW against Millwall, both games ending 1 0. Do you remember one of those games? I think the, the latest one was uh, our last win at home pre COVID. Uh, the game that I think stands out for most Latics fans, of course, will be the 1-0 playoff win in the 99-2000 season with a superb three-kick from Darren Sheridan. And his brother turned out to be an absolutely fantastic manager. Back to uh, Barry for the predictions. Yeah, the Sheridans, eh? Prediction. It's a tough one, this, really, because I got all excited before the Swansea game and we didn't turn up. So I'm just hoping that that game away at Stoke, the wins, just give us a little bit of impetus going into this. And uh, we can continue. You know, I'd, lo- I'd love to see us end the season, uh, regardless of us stopping up or going down on a winning run. So I, I am, I'm going to go for a very unlikely uh, Wigan Athletic 2 Millwall. Nil. I think you're right in terms of a little bit of impetus. You know, I've said for several weeks we've been creeping along this tightrope and we could fall off and down the ravine at any point. We basically need three points every game. Any points dropped and we're in real trouble. I'm not going to be as optimistic as you, Barry. I'm going to go with Wigan 2, Millwall 1. I think I'm going 2-1 as well. I can see us having a bit more about us after that win against Stoke and we definitely do need more about us. Stick Josh McGuinness up top. As much as Paul says it, you know, <laughs> get a youth player involved. Chris Z, he's backfiring again for the under-21s. Just put him on, see what he can do. It might surprise a few people. Abdi Sharif again. Sean Maloney said that he wants that kind of attacking profile on the wing to try and get behind players. These players that the opposition don't really know anything about, they can be the ones that pull up a bit of surprise, play with a bit more fearlessness than a lot of the team are at the minute. So I think we're going to have a couple of surprises and I'm going to go 2-1. Unchanged team. I'm going to repeat the scores of all our wins from the Sean Maloney and our last two home matches against Millwall. So 1 0. Adam taking the safe option there of a 1 0. The fixtures for the weekend are Birmingham v Blackpool, Burnley v QPR, Cardiff v Stoke, Coventry v Reading, and Uddersfield don't play. So looking at those fixtures, I'll say. No, we won't be re- relegated this weekend if we do win because I can't see them teams getting getting wins. And we'll be back on Sunday anyway to uh, give all the reaction to the weekend's games and uh, I want a special announcement about player of the season. So until Sunday, uh, it's uh, up the ticks and come on. 